You're listening to the Rise and Love podcast, where we believe that you get to have love and success in all areas of your life. Your host, Crystal Irum, will help you understand yourself, your relationships, and what's keeping you from having the love, relationship, and life you really want. Week after week, you'll have your mind blown as you learn from experts and listen in on honest conversations to experience mindset shifts and get practical instruction on how to use your mind to support you in getting everything you desire. We'll get to the heart of the matter when it comes to designing and elevating all aspects of love and life. Here's your host, educator, relationship coach, and lawyer, Crystal Eram. Hello, hello, hello. It is Crystal Eram here. I am a relationship coach for smart, successful, spiritual single women. And today I'm talking about a bunch of the different reasons that a guy might disappear, even when it seems like things are going really, really well, and how to deal with it also. Like, what's the antidote for, you know, when this is happening? So I'm guessing that some of you have probably had this happen before. I just, I really feel like you're not alone. Like, this is something that happens to a lot of people. And there are honestly so many reasons that it comes up sometimes. So we're just going to talk about some of the ones that, not that they're the most common per se, but the ones where it's like you maybe haven't thought of it this way before. So I want to give a couple of just like small caveats basically before we go into this, which is, you know, the first thing is sort of wanting to reach a point where it doesn't, like where it doesn't really matter that much if someone disappears. I'm not talking about when you're in a committed relationship with someone. Obviously, when you're in a committed relationship, when you know that this is someone who's sort of said, I'm going to be there for you, they disappear. That's going to always feel kind of weird. I'm talking about when you are getting to know someone, when you are starting a new relationship and they disappear. And it doesn't necessarily have to be after the first date or the second date. It can be after a third, fourth, fifth date even. And sometimes someone will disappear. So it's like, that's the first thing you want to be aware of is why is it so upsetting? Why is it so triggering? Starting to look at some of those beliefs that come up when that happens. Like, what does it mean to you? Why is it making you feel so hurt? Like, what is it bringing up for you? And just starting to bring in awareness to what you are making it mean. I've talked about stories and the stories that we create around different situations. And so this is the same thing where you want to start learning about the stories that you tell, recognizing your own stories just to raise your awareness so you can see where you have limiting beliefs that you need to clear, just that it doesn't feel so intense. It's not so charged in the future. You know, the other thing that's worth noting is I'm going to go through some of these reasons that guys disappear, but it's like, I am telling you this so that you can develop a greater understanding for yourself and how you're going to operate in your relationships going forward. This isn't about trying to change who you are or trying to like manipulate someone back into a relationship with you. There is no amount of effort. There's no words that you can say. There's nothing that you can do that is going to make it right with the wrong person. And why would you want to? Why would you want to? Like there is someone out there who's really, really right for you. And not just someone, there are some ones. There are many, many people who could be a really great fit for you, who can have all of those things to offer that the guy who's disappearing on you has to offer, but who's choosing you. So this is just my caveat that like, don't use this to try to like trick someone into staying with you. You're not going to mess it up with your person. And there are things that you can do to make the whole process of dating easier. 
So that's what this is about. It's not trying to make it right with someone who's not right. It just isn't going to happen. It's about making things easier for you sort of going forward. So first reason, and this is really sort of two reasons, but I'm just going to count it as one. So either he wanted sex and you didn't have it in the first handful of dates and he decided to move on or he wanted sex and you did have it in the first few dates and he decided to move on. So it's like either way you can have sex and he moves on or you cannot have sex. If it was about sex, then it will continue just being about sex. Like if that's all that it meant to him, there's nothing that's going to necessarily change that. But how do you sort of combat that? How do you deal with that? If it was really just about sex for him, then the way that you deal with that is by making sure that anytime you sleep with someone, it's because it's really feels right for you. What happens with a lot of women is that they'll meet someone, they'll be really, really into it. He'll seem pretty into it, but they're not super sure. And then they get this idea like, I'm going to have sex with him. He's going to see that this chemistry that we're feeling, that it's really real. Like it's not just like in my head or it's not just in his head. Like he'll see how real the chemistry is. So we're going to do it. And that is not the right approach. That's not the approach you want to take when you decide to sleep with someone because that's really manipulative, right? Like you're not doing it because you most want to, because you think it's going to be a wonderful thing for both of you. You're doing it because you're hoping it'll make him see you in a certain way. And that's not how it works. It's not going to happen like that. So the way you deal with this is just like making sure when you do it, it's because you feel really good about it. So I don't necessarily say that like, I know that there's a lot of advice that'll say like, wait until commitment. I don't think that's bad advice. I don't think that's bad advice at all. It's not necessarily what I always say, just because sometimes you can know it's right and there hasn't been a formal commitment per se, but it's like, you feel good about it. He feels good about it. So then cool. Like your grownups do what you want. The commitment one, waiting for commitment is a great idea for a lot of people because then you know where you stand with everything. You've like had a conversation So everyone's feelings are out there and that's a powerful place to be. Like that's a much more empowering spot if you're going to decide to get physical with someone than not knowing. So that's one reason that the commitment is a really good idea. The other thing is not even necessarily for commitment. Like you can be committed to someone and still not feel ready, but to really know that the feelings are fully, fully there where it's like, this is someone that I'm serious with. Um, And I think that's also a really good approach. Sometimes that's with or without commitment, but The idea without having any sort of rigid criteria that you adhere to is that you're doing it when it feels really right for you, not because of any pressure, not because of a desire to manipulate him, not because you think it's going to change things or make things better or make him feel any sort of different way about you. The other thing that I want to say about that is I know that it feels really hurtful. If you are going out with someone, you think it's going really well, you have not discussed your feelings, your commitment level, where the relationship is going or anything like that, but you like him. And you want to sleep with him and you do, and then he disappears and it feels really hurtful and it feels really personal. And what happens is we make people wrong for that. Like we make men wrong. It was wrong of him to sleep with me. If he knew he wasn't going to be with me, it was wrong of him to sleep with me and then not call me again. And that wrongness, that making someone else wrong causes a lot of pain. It's like a very painful hurtful thing when that's what we're believing, when that's what we're holding on to, that someone's wrong, what someone has done us wrong. And the truth of the matter is that like, he's not wrong for doing that. Men operate differently in relation to sex than we do. Of course, women like it and want it, but it's at a different level than the way guys feel it. Our instincts are not pushing us to be with multiple people. 
what it comes down to, it's like, that's what their instincts are telling them. Their instincts are telling them you must be with as many women as you can. It's about, you know, conquering them. And it's like, we have instincts also. Ours are a little bit different. So it's like, don't make them wrong for that. Obviously, if they take it, if they take it, that's wrong. That's like a different thing that I'm talking about that. I'm just talking about them following the instincts, them wanting to be with multiple people, you know, or, or wanting to have sex, you know, it's natural. It's not, it's not wrong of them just to want to with someone that they're attracted to and that they like. Your role is to create boundaries and make sure that you are doing it when you want to, not because he really wants to, or because you think it'll make him see you in a certain way. So the next one, a reason that guys disappear. So this is a really interesting one because this can show up in a couple of different ways. Sometimes it can show up without any actual action or words, but this is really just about like you showing up in a way that is over eager. So this is an energetic thing as much as it may be like something you say or something that you do. Women often feel this if they really just want a relationship and they're sort of happy to have a relationship with the first guy they date that they like. And, you know, I'm ready to get in a relationship. I'm ready to get in a relationship. Like it's gotta be this guy. I've been waiting for so long. Like he's really cute. I like him. I want him to be it. And just like that energy where it's like, it has to be him. It has to be him. And it's like a grasping, grabbing energy. And like people can pick up on that. And it's a repellent. It acts as a repellent. And this is the same sort of thing where it's like women feel the same way. You could meet someone and you like him well enough. And then he's so eager that you're just like, dude, you need to calm down because you're doing the most and it's making me uncomfortable. Right? Like, I definitely had that where like, I would like someone okay. And then he would come on so strong. It's just like, actually, never mind. Like, I can't, I feel like you're like, I, I want to like, this is the motion. Like, this is how your energy feels when someone does that, where you're just like back off. And guys feel that way. Also, when you meet someone and he can tell that you're like putting all of your hopes and dreams into him. And in this relationship working out after date three, you might think you're playing it cool, but like, you're not, he can totally feel it. <laughs> that is a repellent. And so he is going to have that same reaction. So this comes from believing in scarcity. If you are bringing a scarcity mindset into your relationships, into the way that you are approaching dating, that is where that comes from. The truth of the matter is that we live in this abundant universe and there are so many opportunities for you to meet your person, to meet one of your people who is going to be a really amazing fit for you who's going to really care about you, who's going to want to pursue a relationship with you. But if you're not seeing that, if you're focused on the fact that like it has to be this one because I don't know when someone else is going to come along, you're going to every single time put out that energy that's really repellent because it's so strong and graspy and over eager. You know, I, <laughs> I sometimes... I joke with Kobe sometimes because I'll say something like, oh, women's intuition. And then he'll say something about like men's intuition. I'm like, that's not a thing. Like, <laughs> it's not a thing that like men's intuition. And like, it's not in some ways, but in some ways it is. And this is one way where they do have that intuition where they can really pick up when a woman is trying to use him to fulfill something that's missing in herself, like trying to fill that hole where she just feels unhappy. You know, I, I meet women sometimes and they're like, I would just be happy if I had a boyfriend. Like, that's all I want. I just want a boyfriend to be happy. But like, you can't use your boyfriend that doesn't exist yet as your source of happiness. No one wants to come into that hole, that dark, sad hole. 
they want to come into the life of someone who's already happy with her life. And they're just there to sort of enrich and enhance what's already present. You cannot use another person as your savior. No one really wants that. You're not going to create a happy, healthy, strong bond when that is the angle you're coming to. It's not to say that relationships don't form that way. Of course they do, but that's not what we want to create, right? Like we want a happy, joyful, fulfilling relationship, one that's really satisfying where both of the people are really there on their own accord because it's like something they're creating together and they're growing together and they're creating something really beautiful and special. And this place of desperation, this place of sadness, this place of I'll be happy when I finally have this person, it's not going to cut it because that's not what that's creating at all. The other thing that sort of fits into this and that just makes dating really stressful. Like a lot of times I hear people say like, dating's just really stressful. I get so much anxiety when I date. This fits into this category as well. You're believing in this scarcity. feels like every single person you meet and date has to be that person. That causes a lot of anxiety, of course. Like, of course that causes anxiety. If you feel like if it doesn't work out with this person, then I'm not going to have someone. Like that would make me anxious too. And I have been there. I know that it sounds dramatic the way that I'm saying it, but you know that you've had thoughts like this. I definitely did. I definitely had times where it felt like, okay, this is going to work. This needs to work. This has to work. This has to work, you know? And it's like, it starts mounting and it creates anxiety for you. It creates pressure for him. It's just an all around bad situation. And so the way to work around this is to recognize the abundance that's available for you. And also to get really clear on what you are calling in. If you could have faith and certainty and clarity around the relationship that you want, it would cause you to have less anxiety and would cause you to be less eager about each individual relationship. Because what happens is you get this total clarity on what you are creating and then you can keep your focus on that. And you can go out with people and maybe you'll be like, oh, he has some qualities that I really like. He fits into this in this way, but you're not going to be putting on the pressure. Like he has to be it because you already know that your person is coming and you know exactly what it's going to feel like. So that is the best antidote. It's going to release so much anxiety when you can have that clarity and you can have that faith and you have this clear idea of what you are creating. You know what it feels like, but you're not pinning it on any person. So when we meet someone and we start to decide that this person is it, we're projecting on them. That's another part of this whole thing about becoming overeager. We're projecting, we're creating an ideal. No one wants that. Like everyone wants to be seen for who they are. Like we want to be recognized for who we are as an individual, for our authentic selves. And the same thing happens to you probably. Like you may have had it happen that you met someone and you could just tell that he had you on such a pedestal and you're like, you don't even see me. Like you have decided that I'm this magnificent creature, which I am but you don't really know why. And that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel aligned. That doesn't feel like you're able to form a real connection because you're just like, well, am I going to fall off this pedestal once you realize like who I actually am, which is amazing. I am fabulous. So you're right about that, but like, you're not seeing me for who I am yet. So you guys, there's this show that I love, which I feel like is underrated in some ways. It's called Insecure. It's on HBO. It's so good. And it gives so many really good examples of this. So the main character, her name is Isa, and her best friend is named Molly. And Molly, like, I want her to, like, do all of my programs because I just feel like it would change her life so powerfully. Molly is beautiful, and she's very successful. She's a lawyer, and she's a great personality. She's hilarious, and she's just, like, a great woman. And she gets involved with these guys and she does all of these things where she is just like doing the most. Like she just does too much too soon. And it's like 
it comes up very subtly. It's so subtle where it's like, she doesn't even know that she's doing it. But we, as the viewer of the show, we can see the second that it happens where he's like, oh, this is too much. So I'll give you guys an example. There is the scene where she's dating someone. They've gone out on like three or four dates. And he says to her, you know, I'm really happy that I met you. Like it's been a while since I've even gone past date two with someone. She's like, yeah, I really feel the same. Cool. They're having a good conversation. And then it's like, in the next part of the conversation, she's like, oh, you know, you never got back to me on Thursday or something. Like he had been traveling for work or something. She's like, oh, you never got back to me. And he's like, oh, yeah, I was late, whatever. And she's like, okay. I was just like, I just wanted to make sure you're okay. Like, I was just checking in to make sure things were okay. And he's like, yeah, it's fine. But he felt that energy all of a sudden. He felt that energy of her where it was like too eager. And she was trying to move the relationship into a stage where it wasn't yet. She was trying to move it from where they were, which was just dating into more of a relationship. And so this is the next part of this over eagerness is you start acting like you're in a relationship before you are, you have expectations around how things are going to go, how he's going to act, what it looks like before it's supposed to be there. When you are getting to know someone, you are being flirtatious. You are having fun. You are being yourself. But you're not at the point where you are going to be focusing on nurturing him yet. Obviously, when you're in a relationship, like that's part of what men often love about women is how nurturing we are and how much love and care we can give them in a sort of specific way. When you are getting to know someone, that comes across as overbearing and mothering. Honestly, when you're in a relationship, if you're being overbearing and mothering, that's a thing also. But it's like some of these things where you think it's just being very sweet and caring and sort of like thoughtful is going to feel heavy. And it's because you're not just dating at that point. Alison Armstrong is this brilliant relationship teacher. And that's one of the things that she said. And I was just like, oh my God, it's so true. Women don't date. We start relationships right at the beginning. Like as soon as we are involved with someone, we act like we're in a relationship and we're not. Like we're just not yet. And guys are dating. And so right off the bat, there's this discrepancy in how we're approaching relationships because we are in a relationship. We feel like, They should call us if they're not going to see us again. They should follow up with us. They should text us. They should make sure that we got home. Okay. All of these things that we expect them to do right at the beginning, because we feel like we're in a relationship and they feel like they're dating and we're wrong. Like if you feel like you're in a relationship right at the beginning, like it's just not accurate. That's not what's happening. Like you're just supposed to be getting to know him. So if you find yourself sort of having these expectations, it's like, that's a signal that you need to cool your jets, slow your roll. You're just not there yet. You want the relationship to be able to develop organically. So this is also the primary reason that I sometimes suggest that you do allow a guy to sort of take the lead early on. It's not about playing games. It's not about trying to like force anything or trick him or like playing hard to get. It's about getting a really good read on where he stands throughout the relationship. If you go on a couple of dates and you feel like the dates were so amazing and then right afterwards you're like, oh, I had the best time. When am I going to see you again? He may agree to go out again, but now you don't know where he stands. Like you may have felt like it was the most amazing date ever. And he was just like, yeah, she was cute. It was cool. So the other thing that you want to do is you want to stay detached. So this is one of the ways that we are going to date instead of being in relationships right off the bat is to detach more. You know, that's what guys do. They're able to comp- compartmentalize and they're able to detach. Like that's why they don't reach 
as much into it as we do because they're just attached. They're just going about it one step at a time. And so you want to do that as well. There are so many different ways that you can do this. For some people, it's like it helps them to date multiple people. It helps them stay detached. Um, some people are able to just do it much more easily. So it's like you have to think like what works for you? What will allow you to stay more detached? It was really interesting the way things happened with me and my husband because this was often a part of dating that was challenging for me was the staying detached part because I wanted to meet someone and when I like someone, I'm, you know, I'm caring and I'm affectionate. And so I had to sort of remind myself like, don't go further than where we are. Like we have to let the relationship unfold. But it was interesting when I got together with Kobe because I feel like the universe gave me such a gift because things unfolded much more naturally than they sometimes did because I did not think that he was going to be the person. Like I was not putting all of my hopes and dreams and projections onto him because I just didn't think that it was him. Not in a negative way. Not like, oh, I didn't think he was good enough for me or I didn't like him. Like I totally liked him. I just didn't see how it was going to work because he didn't live where I lived. So I was able to start getting to know him and I felt very, very relaxed about it. So I was just like, it's not going to happen. So it's not a big deal. Like I can still talk to him and like, like him, but like, he's not my person. So it's like, I feel like the universe was, I mean, of course the universe was on my side. The universe is always on my side, but I felt like the universe was really on my side in that way. But by the same token, like the universe is always on your side and you're not going to mess it up with the right person. It's like what I said at the beginning, like you can't make it right with the wrong person and you're not going to mess it up with the wrong, with the right person. So a couple of things. First of all, here's a comment about the eagerness thing, because sometimes you may not feel like you're doing anything that would show eagerness and you're still putting that out energetically, you know? So it's like the only way that you can prevent that is by genuinely feeling detached. It's not about playing it cool. It's not about seeming laid back. It's not about projecting anything that's inauthentic. So if you are feeling that on some level, he may feel it on some level as well. Even if you're not saying anything, even if you're not showing anything, you have no way of knowing what he is picking up on or perceiving. So that's just to say often enough, like we won't know, like, and see, this is another thing is that sometimes women will try to dissect everything that they've said or done to like find the thing where they did too much. And it's like, it, it may not be anything that you will ever see. It may not be anything that another girl would ever, ever pick up on. It may not be anything another guy would have picked up on. Like it may have been something so subtle. It may have been something he just felt and there was no outside action at all. The other thing that I hear a lot of women say is I would have been happy just to be friends with him. So I always want to challenge people on this a little bit because if there's a strong established relationship like friendship, before anything romantic is pursued, it's a little bit different. But often, not always, but I would say more often than not, when someone is saying that, it's not the entire truth. Like, it feels like I would want a, like, I want a friendship with him because I still want him to be around. But a part of you was still wanting more, like hoping we'll spend time together and things can evolve. We'll spend time together and he'll see things a little bit differently. Like, there's still that part of you where it's like you want things to be more or different. And so I always call that into question because it's like, if you were in a happy, happy relationship with like the love of your life, 
would it still feel like a strong pull to be friends with that person? Like maybe, but maybe not. I would say that most of my male friends, I realized, you know, there was something there on one side or the other, because when I got married, most of them fell away. Not all of them. I would say I have two that always were friends, continue to be friends. And it's like, not like nothing changed. So this is a tangent that I wasn't going to go on, but I do think that this is something that comes up for a lot of people of this, like, I would have been happy just to be friends. And yeah, I don't fully buy it. I think it's worth looking at to make sure that like, that's really, really true for you. And it's not just a matter of like wanting that person's attention, wanting to be around them because you do like them. So here's another thing that happens. We put someone on a pedestal and we project on them. So I already spoke about this a little bit, but I did put this as a separate thing in my notes. And so I'm going to say it as a separate one. When you meet someone and you like them, you want to be clear that you are interested. Like, it's not a matter of being like, oh, I'm not into you. Like, I'm too cool for you. It's good to like have actual interest and to like be receptive and to be loving and caring and to like show them that you're into it. It becomes a problem when you over communicate the interest. So it's like when you can meet someone and you meet them here, And they're like, I really like you. And you're like, yeah, I like you too. It's cool. That's one thing. What happens is sometimes you meet someone and you're like, I really like you. And they're like, yeah, you're cool. And you're like, no, but I really like you. And it starts creating this thing where it's like, now he's here. And you're like, I really like you. I like you so much. I think you're so great. And he's like, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, like we're having a good time. It's like, oh, I had the most amazing night ever. Like this was so magical. When am I going to see you again? He's like, yeah, look at my calendar and I'll let you know. And you're like creating this distance because you're putting him on this pedestal. You're projecting on him and you're over-communicating interest. Again, this is something that sometimes is done energetically more than with words, but it creates this, it creates this distance. It doesn't, and it doesn't feel good. Like it doesn't feel good for different reasons. And I would say it doesn't feel good for women. Men often appreciate having to sort of earn a woman's affection and trust and admiration, all of that. And like, why not? What's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that at all. Like, and from a lot of men, that's a drive that they have to be a pursuer. And if they feel like a woman is sort of giving over all of her love and respect without having to earn it, it becomes less valuable. And again, it's not about because of any tricks. It's because he hasn't shown you that that's like deserved. And like most guys, they want like that's what they want to do. They want to earn, they want to earn, like they want to win. They want to win the prize. Like they're competitive. Like that's fun for them. And it makes sense because it's like, you're doing the same thing. Why would you have him on a pedestal? You've got to meet someone who's like, you're on the same level. Like he's not better than you. Even if he ends things, it's not because he's better than you. You're just as wonderful as he is. And you're just as worthy of love. But it's about sort of like recognizing the energy that you're putting out, the words that you're saying, and not projecting onto someone. If you can get clear on who you're calling in, what that relationship looks and feels like, then you're not going to have to do that because you aren't going to attach it to any person. So onward and upward. The next one that I want to talk about is you aren't maintaining your standards. So what happens? You are an incredible, amazing, powerful woman, right? And you have certain standards for the way that you show up in the world, for the way that people show up for you, for the way that you 
will be treated. Like you have standards for what you'll accept, right? And then what happens is that you'll meet someone that you really, really, really like. And you'll be like, oh my God, I like him so much. We have such a good connection. I have so much chemistry with him. And then you start to get a little flimsy on your standards and he can feel that. Oh, this is like this one. It makes me heated because it's just like, why, why do we do this to ourselves? You have to maintain your standards, whatever your standards are. They cannot shift with the person. It doesn't matter if you were like, I was going to say George Clooney, but he's married now. And then I was going to say Prince Harry, but he's also married now. The most eligible single guy in the world, it does not matter who he, who he is. Like your standards cannot change, but so many of us will change our standards because we meet someone and we feel like we had such a great connection. We had so much chemistry. And so I'm going to accept some things in a relationship that I never have accepted before that I would never, ever accept. You like let him like get away with things. You will keep going out with him when he is not showing up for you and the way that you desire. When you have standards, you've got to maintain them. It doesn't matter where you are, who you're with, what the situation is. Like it's about maintaining your standards. Your standards are not fluid. Like your standards are your standards. Because what happens, the guy sees that you are lowering your standards. He meets you and you're a certain way. And then he starts giving you less and you'll still take it. He knows I can give her less and she'll still be here. I can start giving her crumbs and she's not going anywhere. So why should I show up more? Why should I show up in a bigger way? Why should I show up in a better way? Why should I step up and become a better man? Why should I treat her any better when she's accepting so much less? Why should he? Why should he? That's it. Like, that's it. Like, why, (laughs) why should he, you as the woman, as the feminine, as the feminine energy, it is your job to have strong standards, to have strong boundaries around your standards. And you don't have to let them go for anyone. And if you do, that is a time when he may disappear because he can. And because he may see that he can disappear and that he can come back and you'll still take him back into your arms into your bed maybe. So that's up to you to have those strong standards and not to like let go of them. If you were using any sort of justification, that is a clue that you are not maintaining your standards. So it's like, you have to think about it. Like if you went out with a guy that you liked well enough, who you thought was fine, but not exciting. And then he treated you a certain way and you'd be like, all right, I'm done with that. And then you meet someone who you think is phenomenal, who you think is so handsome and has so much ambition and all these other great qualities. And you'll say, well, yeah, with that other guy did this, but this guy's really special. That is a hint. You are lowering your standards. You're making a justification. Stop doing that. Don't do that. Next one. You are overestimating the bond. You're overestimating the bond. So this is a way that guys will disappear because you went out with them and you feel like you had the most magical time and you have this wonderful connection. One in a million. You don't meet guys like this that much. That's what you're thinking and feeling. And he's thinking, yeah, it was fun. She's cute. And that's it. You are overestimating the bond. This often happens if you want a date that ends up turning into something much longer. So like you met for coffee and you end up having a six hour talk. You're like, oh my God, we talked for six 
hours. Like I could just talk to him forever. I just, I haven't felt this connection in so long. And he made me thinking like he had a great time also, but like, that's it. He's talkative. He likes talking to girls that he likes and like, that's it. So you have to be careful about overestimating the bond. Um, you know, the other thing that sort of goes along with this is paying attention to his words and paying attention to his actions. Sometimes people will focus just on one or the other. They'll only focus on his words. They'll only focus on his actions. So what that might look like, his words say, you know, I'm really not looking for a, a serious relationship right now. His actions say, I like hanging out with you. I think that you're fun. I think that you're interesting. So I'm going to keep going on dates with you. And you are focusing only on his actions that he is taking you out on dates. And throughout, he is saying he does not want a relationship. And then three months in, you are still going out with him. And you say, so where's this going? You know, we've been spending a lot of time together. And he says, yeah, I mean, it's fun. But I told you, told you at the beginning, I'm not looking for a relationship. And you're like, well, we've been spending all this time together. And he's like, but I said I was not looking for a relationship. And you're like, but you keep asking me out on dates. And we've been sleeping together. And I have my stuff at your house. And he's like, yeah, but I told you I wasn't looking for a serious relationship. So it's like, you have to pay attention to both. You know, and it goes the other way also. If he's saying to you, I think that you're so special. I think you're so amazing. I want to be with you forever. And then he's not calling you or he is not showing you any of that. He's not bringing you into his life. Same thing. Like you have to look at his words and his actions. So it's like important to just keep the information that you get. Do not neglect any information that you gather from him because you don't like it. Because that's what happens, right? Like you see something, you're like, Okay, that's a little nugget that I'm taking into my mind, but I'm going to just let it right out because I don't want it. I do not want to think about the fact that he said he doesn't want to be in a relationship with anyone. The next thing is that you have read too far into what he says. You've read too far into what he says. So this is really closely connected to what I just said. If a guy is saying to you things like, I think you're really special. I think you'll make such a wonderful wife. You're going to be such a great mother. My mom would really love you. You guys would get along so well. My buddies would think you're hilarious. You should meet them at some point. Have you ever been to Hawaii? I feel like we'd have the best time in Hawaii together. Have you driven up north before? I've heard that there's this really amazing six-hour scenic route that takes you through all these cool places. Like It'd be really cool to do that. If he is saying things like that, where you're thinking... Oh, he wants to do all these things with me. That's so cool. But then he is not making plans. You're reading too far into it. Sometimes guys are thinking out loud. They're thinking out loud. So he has this idea pop into his head and he expresses it verbally and you take it to mean something. Don't do that until there is an invitation or there is a date. It does not mean anything. I don't care how many times he tells you that his mother would love you until he says, hey, come with me to meet my mother for brunch. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. If he says, my friends would really think you're funny, but then he does not say, hey, I want you to come meet my best friends. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. He's just thinking out loud. That's it. He does not realize that you are reading into it and you are planning your future based off of it. It is just a difference in the way that we operate. So remember, it doesn't mean anything until there is a date or there is an invitation. Does not mean anything. Do not read into it. Okay, so those are a bunch of the reasons that he could disappear. I have two more that I'm going to share. I have three more. So the first one, most straightforward, he met someone else. 
this is one that I think is like a lot of girls sort of worst nightmare that like you meet someone you really like, and then he met someone else. But when you were just dating, he is allowed to date other people. He is allowed to meet someone else. He is not wrong. If he met someone else in the course of dating, as you both are, that he thinks will be a better match for him. And this is just a reminder. I am talking about situations where you're just dating. There's no commitment yet. You're not supposed to even be committed to each other. There's been no conversation of that. You're really just dating. So that's one is that he could have met someone else. Another one is that he could be someone who heats up real fast and cools off real fast. I call them like, they're like microwaves, you know, on real quick, off real quick. This is not something to take personally. I know it feels really painful because when it starts out, it just feels like you're so aligned. Like he's so on the same page as you, like you're excited and he's excited. It's awesome. And like, there's something really special here. And like, just all this gooey deliciousness that feels really exciting. How do you manage this? You stay detached. You stay grounded in what you are creating. You pay attention to his words and to his actions. If he is coming on really strong and it feels good, fine, but don't read into it. If you are three months in and he is still acting like that, it's a different situation. It is so painful when you date someone for like three weeks and it feels like, oh, this is it. And then he just disappears. But at no point was there a commitment ever made. And you never actually moved through the stages of dating. Like it didn't have enough time for it to develop organically. It doesn't have to take a long time, but it needs to take more than a date or two because guys will also freak themselves out. These microwave guys, they freak themselves out. They will meet someone and their feelings could be really genuine. And they're like, Oh, I feel like the passion of like a thousand suns in my heart burning for you. And like, they really do sort of feel that way. And then you're like, yeah, I, I feel something great too. Like this feels really special. And then, you know, you go out for a couple of days and then he's like, okay, this was too fast. And then he just disappears. And you feel like you've done something wrong. You haven't done anything wrong. He overheated himself. He just overheated himself. He may come back around. He may not. Often when guys do this, it's like they don't have enough emotional maturity to necessarily be ready for a right relationship. So do not wait for him to come back around and do not count on him coming back around. I know that it felt really good. I know that it felt like this was really it. I know that it felt really special, but there is more for you. Like there is more for you, I promise. If you can focus on what you are calling in, stay detached, then you may call him back in. You may call some other ex back in or, or... Or even better, you will call in someone who you have no idea even exists yet. He will be better than you even imagined. He'll be better than you even imagined. And that is really what we are doing in this bootcamp. We are getting you that clarity on this better than you ever imagined. So I was so clear on the relationship that I wanted. I was so clear on the man that I wanted to call in. And Kobe fits it so perfectly that it blows my mind. I did a challenge. I did two different challenges and I shared part of what I had written and it makes me tear up because it fits him so perfectly. Like it's so exactly who he is. And so that is what I call a manifesto. You get really, really clear on the person that you're calling in. Okay. Final one, final, final, final thing here. 
last reason, then he may disappear. I'm saying final one, but I don't want to say this like this is a totally conclusive list because it's not. This is like big ones that come up often enough. The last one is that he's discovered an incompatibility that makes him believe that for a long-term relationship, you are not the right fit. This one is one you may never know. You might never know this because he may not ever articulate it. And that's not wrong of him. It is great when they articulate it, but it doesn't really matter because if there is an incompatibility, it's like compatibility is one of the core things that is going to be required in a relationship. If there is some incompatibility because of something about your personality, it doesn't mean there's something wrong with your personality. It means that there was an incompatibility with that particular person. So, you know, for example, I dated a guy who told, you know, this, this is all sorts of things. This could be that you are too jealous or that you are too demanding or too high maintenance or too intellectual or too focused on your career or too silly or too serious or any of these things, too, 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 too. But like, you're not really to anything for your person. This is how one person perceived it and made him believe that you were incompatible. And he's not wrong for that. Like, don't make him wrong. Don't be like, how dare you want something different? Everyone's allowed to want what they want. You are also allowed to want something different. And you're not going to like, if you don't want if you meet someone and you go out and he thinks you're amazing, you don't think he's that amazing. That's also allowed. Like you don't have to continue in the relationship. You're not going to continue in the relationship. You're not going to keep dating him just because he really, really likes you. If you don't really like him, it's like, no one is wrong. If they do not want to be with someone, like you have to be okay with that. The more detached you can stay at the beginning of a relationship and the more you can recognize that people are not wrong, the easier this will be. But so I was saying like too high maintenance. So I went out with someone and he told me I was too high maintenance. So the reason he told me that was because he happened to really, really like me and he wanted to be with me. So he conveyed that particular thing to me. That doesn't mean that I needed to change. What it does mean is that there may have been guys that ghosted me who thought I was too high maintenance and they were just like, she's too high maintenance. I can't. Kobe is a super, super laid back guy. I'm sure if one of those guys had described me to him, he'd be like, no, thank you. He is the most chill. Like he's so ridiculously chill, but he took sort of like a, you know, in friends when Monica realizes that she's high maintenance and she's like, I'm not high maintenance. Am I? And Chandler is like, well, you are, but it's okay because I like maintaining you. And that was sort of the approach that Kobe took. He's like, yeah, you're high maintenance, but like, I like it. It's fine. And so it's like the same thing with your person. Like I also had a guy who I went out with who told me that like, basically I was just like too expensive. Like the places I like to go for dinner and stuff, he thought were too expensive. And it's like, I'm not wrong for liking nice meals. And he's not wrong if he didn't want to pay for that. Like neither of us was wrong. Again, he only told me because he wanted to keep dating me. But I am sure that there were probably guys that disappeared on me because they were just like, I can't keep up. Like I, I cannot, like they just didn't think to say it. So there can just be incompatibilities. Like that's the bottom line. Sometimes there are just incompatibilities. No one is right or wrong for them. I think releasing some of the wrongness is a really, really powerful way of just like letting some of that go. The idea though, is that if you can get clear on what you want and include it at the top of your things, 
one of the most important things that you want, that you need to want, that would be a requirement, that is the only way that someone is going to become like an ideal for you is if they feel strongly about you. Like, oh, so many people will be like, oh, I know exactly what I want, but nowhere in the things that they want is it included like, he wants me. He wants me. He wants the thing. He wants the things that I am. He wants the things that make me me. Like those are the things that he is attracted to. We cannot leave out that side of the equation. Cool, 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 cool. Um, okay, you guys. It has been a pleasure. We'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening. Check out the show notes and be sure to tune in next time to the Rise and Love podcast. Thank you.